Welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. Ooh, I'm out of breath. Well, welcome. Glad you could make yeah. it with us today. Had to run to get up here. There's some bad traffic on 95. We have uh, Rick Brackett. Oh, Doug's on the phone. Yes, we have a special guest today. Hey, Doug, how's it going? Taylor, you made it. I'm so glad you made it. I was sitting here on standby in case you didn't make it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I left my place at 2 o'clock. There was a 35-minute slowdown on the interstate. I was like, oh, no. So I was able What's to just get on? here in time. Was it, just a, was it a lot of traffic, just a, a traffic jam? Was it yeah, a wreck or something? It was from I-10 all the way through 95 to university was slowed up. So. Wow. Well, listen, I am. I just was there in case you didn't make it. I was going to uh, key up Rick. Uh, if you're listening today, I am really excited that you get to hear from my brother Rick Brackett from East West Ministries. And uh, you guys who are out there listening, whether you're on uh, WMER or up in the White House or in Florida, Georgia, you're going to enjoy Rick because Rick is a man of the word. He's a, uh, He's a brother who travels internationally, he works with East West Ministries, and uh, he he will bring out a lot about Stephen today that I'm excited he'll be able to share, uh, and how principally we can apply some of these things in our life and hopefully be fully surrendered and have an impact. So I'm going to let you guys have it. Uh, thank you, uh, Rick, for filling in while I'm gone, and Taylor, I'm glad you made it, and you all have a great day, okay? All right. Thanks, Doug. So, all right, I, take care. Yeah, have a good one, Doug. Um, I haven't talked to you on the radio before. You've been on SWAT, though. This have is fill in for Brad whenever uh, he was not available. Uh, from James uh, out in Idaho, told me it's been a couple years, though. So, has been glad to have you back on. And, um, you know, I think everybody probably knows you're a SWAT guy, so um, pretty familiar with everything. So, we're really glad to have you, and I'm excited to to listen. Well, it's a blessing to be here, and uh, thanks for making it. Appreciate it very much. <laughs> yeah. We, we were going to open with prayer today for you so that oh. uh, you were coming. So, Yeah, well, God answered uh, my prayer. I was praying, praying all the way down, like, oh, yep. just help me get there on time. And yep. right before the right before the buzz, the red light came on, I was like, oh, wow. I was surprised because the GPS was saying that from I was going to get here either at 306 or 312. I was like, oh, man, that's going to be bad. Yep. But God... God made it happen. He lightened the traffic. Uh, because it's all good, really, because the past three days, I feel like uh, you and Brad have covered the waterfront. So I kind of feel, stay on that football analogy, that, you know, where I'm the fourth-string fourth quarterback called <laughs> in the last uh, 30 seconds and told, hey, take a knee for the next four downs and just get us through the uh, through the week. So well, uh, I don't know about all that. I've heard you uh, before I was at a, one of your tra- – yeah, I went to one of the uh, SWAT trainings that okay. you led. So uh, I know you, you got some – Got some stuff to add and, and to bring to the table, so I wouldn't consider you a fourth quarter quarterback at all. <laughs> well, thanks. Yeah, so um, I guess let's talk a little bit for people who are new listeners about who you are, where what your background is. You're from East West Ministries, and you were also 
Navy or Marine Corps? Navy. Yeah, you were in the Navy for? 24 years. Okay. Uh, where are you from originally? Uh, well, Orlando. You're from, okay, nice. Yeah. Originally from Orlando, and uh, that you joined the Navy at 18? Uh, you went to went to college at Jacksonville oh, okay. University. Oh, okay. NROTC scholarship. And, nice. Uh, so you were an officer. Absolutely. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. Um, we, at, uh, at JU, what did you study? A biology major. Wow, really? Okay. Yeah. So wait, what are you doing? You, you're, yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> you never use that? Or did you ever go into biology at all? Or did you go straight from the uh, the military into ministry? Absolutely. Yeah, we get. Uh, it's interesting because when you get uh, graduate, you walk through with your gown, you get your graduation, you walk around the backstage, you you got your uniform underneath, and you come right back in and you're commissioned as an officer and then uh, oh, wow. off to flight school from there. So Okay. Yeah. What would what'd you fly? Spent most of my time in P3s. Okay. So NAS Jacks was most of the time. Oh, so you were, you were here locally, so that's why you ended up staying in Jacksonville? I met my wife here. So oh, yeah, then, yeah. That'll do it, right? It, it will. Yeah. How, you have kids? We do. Three. Three kids? How old are they? Uh, wow. Um, Uh-oh. I don't, yeah, I don't want to go there. <laughs> we have great-grandchildren. That'll oh. tell you something. So, yeah. No way. You yeah, don't? 12, gra- 12 grandchildren, one great-grandchild. We just had our first great-grandchild, so it's pretty exciting. And you don't look old enough for that. Well, yeah, that's God's been gracious. Yeah, that's awesome. So, when did you get out of the military? What what year? Uh, Two thousand one. Oh, okay. And then, what did you do after that? Uh, government business development for a company out of Washington D.C. Did international business development as well as Navy Marine Corps programs. Okay. How long did you do that for? Uh, 20, 20, 21 years, roughly. You did that for tw- what is? Yeah. Wait, wait. Okay, then tell me tell me your your whole story. Then how you got into ministry. So. Uh, we took, a, my wife and I took a course, I'd say probably 2000 and 2010, we took a course in, uh, called Halftime. In mm-hmm. fact, it's a great book. Bob Buford wrote it, and I'd recommend it to anybody, no matter where you are in your phase of life, because he just talks about the fact of, is that, you know, we need to finish strong for the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so it just set me on that path when we realized, because, you know, you can't find retirement in the Bible for some reason. So <laughs> right. Realize, want to stand before him and have said, well done, that good and faithful servant. So uh, he really does a great job. In fact, there's you can take a course, you can take a program on that for half time. But I just read the book, and I, my wife and I went through it and realized, you know, we need to start looking at what we're going to do, you know, when we, re- quote, retire from mm-hmm. corporate. And uh, so just sought guidance and counsel from elders and people that we knew that we respected that had uh, done well in their lives for the Lord and uh, realized that we could probably prepare to make the jump and uh, got ourselves completely out of debt and started putting money nice. away and uh, just went to work, uh, been working with uh, East West for four years now. We're the uh, Southeast area directors, so we are church mobilizers in uh, Florida and Georgia. And so what we do, our goal is, is just lovingly serve the church and mobilize individuals, organizations, and churches to take the gospel of the lost and unreached. Okay, and what made you choose East-West? Like, how'd you guys get connected with them? Well, uh, you know, really it came down to uh, the mission, mm. because they're, and, and again, please understand, we're mobilizers for the church, so <laughs> the church is the bride of Christ, so we love the church, and, and we love the agencies that work for the church, and agencies do agency things, churches do church things, so um, we just felt called to proclaim the gospel and to reach unreached people. And East-West focus is on unreached people 
because when you look at two out of every five people in the world have never heard the name of Jesus Christ, so roughly three billion people in the world don't even know who he is and mm-hmm. spend an eternity without him. Um, that we need to we need to focus on that area because really, when you look at it, less than one percent of all mission funding goes to unreached. Really, less than ten percent of all missionaries that are sent go to unreached people groups. Ninety percent of missionaries and ninety, uh, let's say ninety-seven percent of all funding goes into reached people groups. So, why do you know why? Why is that? Because it's easier. Uh, okay. Know. Yeah. Um, well, that's interesting, and I, I so now I'm going to ask if you have not listened to any of the trainings. Uh, Rick does great trainings. Been to one myself. It, do you do that on a regular basis, or was that kind of something for the SWAT guys that you were you're putting on? That's that's kind of the job, right? That's no, what you. So, so one of the things we do here, not only do we go to go around the around the world, mm-hmm. but there are unreached people groups here in the United States. Right. So you know. God told us to go, and sorry to say we haven't gone, so I'm not saying this is God's answer, but he is bringing people here. So mm-hmm. with the diaspora, the moving of unreached people in the United States, we're in the top ten for countries around the world that have unreached people in our country. Those are people that were not raised in the church, don't have a Christian witness, don't understand who Christ is, don't want to get a lot more detail than that. But So what we want to do is we want to help the church go to the unreached around them, and there are unreached around them. Of course, when you walk into most churches and you say, hey, let's go proclaim the gospel to unreached people, you get a deer-in-the-headlights look, and mm-hmm. they say, we're not even talking to our neighbor of the same culture, and you want us to go reach another culture for Christ? So we have a program where we help train evangelism and discipleship for people. It's called our Go Here program. And so we want to get people out to go to their neighbors and then develop that confidence and the boldness and Holy Spirit working through them to go reach both the reached or the lost in their neighborhood as well as the unreached around them also. So we're doing training here through churches, organizations, and people here. That's just what we do. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome and for me to get a, a better grasp. Is there a church, you know, what, what church do you go to actually same one your father did. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> CFC, awesome. Is the, do you feel like there's a uh, church uh, around the area that you've trained that has done a good job of creating that type of culture of really having that, uh, I guess, missional mindset even in the local area that's really going out and uh, doing great things as far as being different than most most churches are? I, I would say there's a number. I'm not going to put a name on, on that yeah. uh, for obvious reasons, but... You know, really what we need to develop is we need to have the same brokenness for lostness that our Lord and Savior does. Right. And the, and the issue is most people don't have a brokenness for lostness. It's almost like I have mine, so I'm good to go. I'm going to heaven. And uh, I think I listened to a, or there was a blog that uh, a non-Christian wrote to Ray Comfort one day that he said, "If I let me get this straight if I understand you. You're standing on a busy street corner and the traffic's going and you're watching people step out of the traffic and getting run over every single day. Mm. You're just standing there, not saying a word to them, just stepping out of this traffic, waiting for your walk signal. Mm. And, that, 
that's that's heartbreaking. Yeah, and that's a that's a, a good image and a tough one to take on. All right, we are up against the break. We will be back with more in just a second. We'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, A Store and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug, D-O-U-G, at SWATradio.com. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.astore.com. Why you ever chose me has always been a mystery. All my life I've been told I belong at the end of the line. Will all the other not quite? Will all the never get it right? That is Casting Crowns with Nobody. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us this week, Doug McCary is out of the studio, although he did call in at the beginning of the program uh, because I was running a little late because of traffic. But we have Rick Brackett in uh, from East West, Ministry, in, yeah, excuse me, East West Ministries today, um, filling in in that seat. We are talking about Stephen. We're looking at Acts chapter 7, verses 54 through 60, uh, talking about the persecution of Stephen and the martyrdom of Stephen. And Rick is going to walk us uh, more through that. We, in the uh, first few days of the week, me and Brad talked about it, but Rick is going to go a little bit deeper, hit us with some some new stuff. So I'm going to let him go ahead and and rift on that. Thanks, Taylor. Hey, <laughs> so not not to continue on me, but let me just close. If anybody's interested, uh, anything we've said about mobilizing churches, we have area directors. So all throughout the country, we have people that do what I do to help mobilize churches. So if you're interested, if you have a church, a group, an organization, people that want to know more about how to reach the lost or make disciples, or to go to the unreached, you know, please get hold of Doug, and Doug will connect uh, you to me. So we'll go through that. Yeah, so make sure you do that. And, uh, you know, it's I think and hopefully you get a, a few inquiries because I think it is a vital and important uh, thing that you guys are doing, and I think equipping is always good. And like I said, I've sat through uh, one of your trainings, and you can bring it. Right. And I, you know, just the... It, I noticed your your military bearing a little bit when you were when you're talking. It was pretty cool. <laughs> well, again, it's not me; it's Christ in me. Hopefully, right. that's what yeah. you see. 
as I told the guys, I said, look, you don't need to know anything about my past. All you need to know is I, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ because that's what's important. Amen. So, you know, it's interesting. We're, you know, as we move through this and just before uh, Doug taught about Stephen, which is, you know, and, and you and Brad, as I said, have done a super job over the past three days as Doug's done in the past on that. But I'm just struck by the fact that Doug asked everybody to uh, write this down. He said, uh, and he, then he said, put a line for your signature to sign when you feel you can. But Doug asked us to write down, I'm fully surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I am his to do anything, anytime, anywhere. And I'm just, I'm broken. I, the fact that there were men that I know that Doug's told me about, not by name, but he just says he's got men that in the group that will not sign that. And to me, I just don't understand how I do. But again, to think that, to sit there and read the word, to understand who our God is, to know that he is your creator, that he is our father, that he loves us, that he created us for his glory, for his blessing, for his kingdom. And so, and if I'm a servant and he's my master, my only answer is yes and amen for whatever he asked me to do. Yeah. And it's just, it's amazing to me that there are men that attend SWAT that can't sign that statement. Yeah, and if there's men that attend SWAT who can't sign it, how many more, you know, just in the the culture, in the church culture at large, who wouldn't feel free to? Uh, and, you know, I'm kind of, it's kind of baffling to me as well, because I think it's one thing if, you know, I think there's a lot of people who think, yeah, I'm ready for that, and they sign it, and, and then, oh, here comes something that, oh, now I don't know if I want to, ooh, can I, you know, uh, I, that is, I guess, more relatable to, have the the thought that yes i'm i'm fully surrendered but uh you know now when the time comes you get a little worried and and maybe uh are afraid in in that respect but to not to not be able to say it in the beginning it leaves me with one of two ideas either one you had no clue what you were doing when you you know were claiming to be a christian or or when you were uh you know praying the prayer to ask god into your heart you didn't have a clue um, or two, you're, you're really being honest with yourself and maybe saying, oh, you know, I want to be there, but I, will I be able to be there? Um, so I, there's two, I, I go on two different directions as far as what I, it just makes you wonder what's going through someone's mind because clearly, you know, the Bible indicates, um, that God is your master once you submit to him. And I guess maybe that's just us as the body and, and when we're, uh, t- uh, talking to new believers, not explaining you know, exactly what that means. I think you're. I think you're right on there. And and you know, Doug has taught on this. You you and Brad covered it earlier this week. But I be- I believe and I say that the gospel re- we preach determines the disciples we make. Mm. And the problem is, is that for many, they're accepting or believing in a soft gospel yeah. or just half a gospel, not a complete gospel. And so you have to fully understand. You know, Jesus in Matthew four nineteen said, and this is Jesus says he came preaching, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. So we repent of our sins, we repent of self, and Peter addresses this in Acts as we've covered in in the times that he's spoken, and we know this in fact Jesus covered it many times, that that was his message. The message of Jesus was repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. So I'm called from my sin and from myself. 
because I have to die to that, but I'm called to his kingdom and his righteousness. And many times people think that, oh, I just need to believe in Jesus and nothing needs to change. And that's not what we see when we look at the words and what it means to be a disciple. Why do you think there is that um, tendency or that that thought? I I guess because in my thinking it could be uh, people – you know, the the Catholic Church had works-based, or not works-based, but, you know, there was uh, tradition was involved and also kind of what you do. Was it just a reaction to that to say, you know, only Jesus, which is true, but that doesn't mean that there's not a, a change that's produced within you. Is, is it just a shying away from talking about that at all, or, or where do you think that's coming from as far as the, the culture at large? Yeah, I think it's easy, easy believism. Mm-hmm. I think people just think of, hey, just walk the aisle, say a prayer, we don't, which we see neither in the Scripture, that that's what it means. Yeah. You know, and then we don't really understand what discipling or disciple-making truly is. It's not built on the proper foundation. We build discipling on a, on a foundation of sanctification, which is important. It's important to be sanctified, but we are justified upon receiving Christ, and then we go through sanctification. But discipling and disciple-making is built on the fact of what Jesus told us, make disciples. So a disciple is one who makes disciples, and we don't do that well. In fact, most disciple organizations will say less than 5% of the churches in the United States are actually making disciples who make disciples. Mm. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's a, a, a tough st- yeah. statistic. You right. know, cause that's, that's, Doug always says, be all in. And, yeah. and the thing is, we need to be all in. So, you know, if Back to your point, I, I want to go back to uh, Acts Acts one eight. In fact, let's go back to to Matthew first, Matthew twenty four, because it's interesting when we see this, and then we're going to get to. I'm going to start at Acts one one uh, seven. Um, I'm sorry, Acts one six. So here we are in Acts one six, and and so that we're just before the ascension. It says so when they'd come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? So again, they that we look go back in Matthew twenty four. We see that they came to him privately on the Mount of Olives and asked him the same question. So here they are, the disciples still, even though they've seen him crucified, resurrected, mm-hmm. and glorified, they still are looking for him to restore the kingdom. And that's the way I think we are in many cases. We're looking for to make God in our own image and what we want and what we believe. And he's saying that's not the case. And so we look then in Matthew, I'm sorry, Acts 1.8, and he said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So it's not an or. There's no ors in there. Right. So, again, what he's saying is, is we told him to wait in Jerusalem, and they would receive power when they receive the Holy Spirit. Okay, so what was that power for that they were going to receive? Why were they receiving the Holy Spirit? To go and be witnesses right. in, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And. All yeah. of that's and. And you will be. So you receive the Holy Spirit when you receive Christ. You receive power, and you receive the, the tasking and the mission to go into all the world. So let's just kind of flip through Acts real quick here, and I don't want to take a lot of time because I want to want to build this on to Stephen for my segue. So Acts 4, 8, it's interesting. We see um, in Acts 4, 8, same type thing. And Peter, 
filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers, people, so here's Peter, you know, claiming, again, proclaiming the gospel in the, through the Holy Spirit to the people, and, you know, just shows God's great love in, for the council that here you have Jesus before the council, and we have the apostles going before the council, Peter and John, and then the apostles all together going before the council to stand for the proclamation of the gospel for them. And so verse 33 we see in chapter 4, um, it says, "Now the f- uh, And with great power the apostles yep. were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Isn't it interesting that, again, great power mm. and grace. So, yes, it, it is power, but it's also we have to have grace because the grace that God has bestowed upon us, we need to have grace for other people. Now, I don't want to go too far because you're familiar with the grace movement, and I was listening to somebody the other day that, hey, we only not, not need to love the sinner but hate the sin. No, we need to love the sinner and love the sin, and that's mm. completely counter. So, again, a false gospel. That. Yes. That's a, so we're seeing that movement you know, mm. getting carried away yeah. by people that are going to pull, as Jesus told, many will be pulled away by false doctrines. Mm-hmm. So Paul challenged that. So then uh, chapter 5, verse 32. Thanks for reading that for me. Mm-hmm. And we were witnesses to these things, and so the Holy Spirit, whose God has given to those who, and here he is, there, Peter's talking to the council. So isn't it interesting that he says, and we are witnesses to these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom mm. God has given to whom? Those who obey him. Yeah, so people always say, well, I don't feel like I'm empowered by the Holy Spirit to walk in the Spirit or do in the Spirit. Okay, Jesus said, the wise man is the one who hears and obeys. The fool hears but does not obey. Mm. I know I don't mean being called a, a fool for Jesus, but I don't want to be a, called a fool by Jesus. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Um, we are up against the news break, though, so we'll put a pin for right here, and then we'll come back uh, right there. But before we go, we'd like to give a shout-out to our listeners listening in Virginia at the Lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER, and all of you who are listening online, whether it be uh, anywhere around the country or the world, and all of you who are listening here locally, 91.7 in Jacksonville, 91.9 in St. Augustine, and 91.3 in Folkston, Georgia. We'd also like to let you know that you can download our SWAT app in the App Store, and you can follow us on Twitter, at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle, that is at SWAT Radio Talk. You're listening to SWAT Radio, stay tuned, we'll be back with more after the news. Brandon Heath. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, Doug McCary is out for the week. We have Rick Brackett in to talk about uh, Acts chapter 7, verses 54 through 60. Right now he's uh, 
walking us through some other verses that we've looked at earlier in Acts, and we're getting our way to the martyrdom of Stephen. As I said, we've talked about this throughout the week, and Rick's really um, bringing it all together. If you missed any of that so far and would like to go back and listen, or if you would like to listen to our full catalog of programs, you can go to www.swatradio.com. Again, that's www.swatradio.com, and click on the past programs link there. You'll be able to find all of our episodes, including this week. And as I said, I think every episode for the five or six years that SWAT has been around. So, again, that's www.swatradio.com. Thanks, Taylor. I want to make sure we understand that, you know, as we talk about Stephen, yeah, Stephen is important, but really what my point is, and to build this up, is that it was the Holy Spirit working through him. And when when Stephen was just an obedient disciple who allowed to the Holy Spirit to work through him, and I say allowed because we can choose to not walk in the Spirit or walk in the Spirit. And I would submit that what we see is that Stephen was walking in the Spirit and using the Spirit. And so we see this in, in Acts chapter 6, verse 3. It says, Therefore, brothers, pick out from you among seven men of good repute, full of the Spirit, notice that was a requirement, and of wisdom, who we will appoint to the duty. And again, this was to relieve the apostles from mm-hmm. From uh, and, to, and again, Stephen is Hellenistic, so we, Doug, Doug went and talked about that. And so then in verse 5, notice it says, And what they said pleased the whole gathering, and they chose Stephen. Boy, wouldn't you love this to they say about you or me? Um, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So, verse 8, And Stephen full of grace and power. So again, we see that same theme of grace and power being given through, the, through God, through the Holy Spirit, was doing great wonders and signs among the people. And it's interesting, verse 10, but they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit with which he was speaking. So again, it's, you know, we want to say, yes, it's all about Stephen, but we don't want to think that, oh, that was just Stephen. No, that's each and every one of us if we will obey, Jesus Christ said, teach them to obey what I commanded. So it's not a matter of knowing the commands. It's actually a matter of doing the commands. Yeah. That, yeah, and, you know, it's really interesting. You're, the, you're highlighting on it. The spirit, the spirit, the spirit is, is in there throughout. Right. And that's, a, you know, like you said, that is a the constant. And that's what we should remember and not just kind of get like, oh, He's Stephen's way up here, and I would never be like that. But no, if you obey then this, and are filled with the Spirit, then you know the same power is there for you if you are doing God's will. It, it, it's not us doing the work. Yeah, It's allowing God to do the work through us. So, you know, I could use the example of, and again, I don't know, I'm sure you built something with your father when you were a little kid and mm-hmm. dad was doing something. You go, Dad, let me help, let me help. And so you walked up and... So your, your dad loved you, and so, yeah, you helped. But, I mean, really, when you think of it, what got accomplished with you helping him as a little kid, whatever he was doing? Yeah, mostly it was what he was doing, it, yeah. It, exactly. I know when I built things with my grandfather, you know, I would hammer a nail and bend the nail in. And, <laughs> you know, then he would say, well, you know, why don't you go get ready for dinner or something? And then he would bring it in, look what you made, yeah, you know. Yeah. And, it's, and so just think of the delta between, you know, a, a father and a son, just think of the delta between God and us. Mm-hmm. So to think that we're accomplishing anything, 
even Jesus said, I only do what I, the Father tells, I only say what the Father tells me to say. I only do what I see the Father doing. So even Jesus was allowing the Father to work through him and the Spirit to work through him to accomplish the works that he did. Yeah, and that's submission right there and, and being fully surrendered, right. uh, which is something that I think everybody obviously struggles with, but particularly here when maybe the consequences don't seem as dire as they are. And so, you know, one of the swats I heard the guy say, well, I could never say, you know, what Stephen said. I couldn't, I couldn't do that if I was ever called before people. How do I do that? And it's interesting because Doug took us, of course, to Luke, Luke, Luke 12, 11. Sorry, I got a bad connection. Luke, Luke 12, 11. But also, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to Matthew 10, 18 to 20. And so Matthew 10, 18 to 20, uh, actually, I'll start at 16. Jesus says, behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Beware of men, for they will del- they will deliver you over to the courts and flog you in the synagogues, and you will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them to the Gentiles. When they deliver you over, do not be anxious of how you are to speak or what you are to say, for what you are to say will be given to you in that hour, for it is not you who will speak, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. So again, we see the idea that, okay, the Holy Spirit was speaking through this whole wonderful speech that, you know, Peter gave and John gave before the council, that the apostles gave before the council, that Stephen gave before the council. It was the Holy Spirit speaking the words of God through him, and he was just a vessel to be used when we lay ourselves out and we fully surrender ourselves to him. Yeah, and, you know, that, like you said, that's the Spirit speaking, but we, we read that and we're like, oh, man, that's really beautiful. That I, I don't know if I can do that. And then we start to have anxiety about, okay, what am I going to do? i got to be ready. But, you know, Jesus says, don't be anxious right. for tomorrow. And then, obviously, like you said right there, it will be the Spirit that speaks through you. And that's something that we got to continually remind ourselves because we're going to forget. And I would add that that is something that we need to be cognizant of right now and today because, I really think that, you know, pressure, if not persecution, pressure is going to come. And for me in my life, uh, in my job, I've already felt it. And Mm -hmm. to really be surrendered to the will of the Lord, you are given words to say that you, man, I don't know where that came from. And so, you know, just an encouragement there to really uh, submit yourself and obey because God will take care of you. He's proved it time and time again. Uh, throughout the scriptures and, and throughout people's individual lives. Right. And, and and so what we need to do is is just look at the disciples. I mean, they've, they've failed all the time. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, so really we're no different. Sometimes we, we look at it, they're wonderful. and Well, they are because they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they allowed the Holy Spirit to work through them. But really what the disciples did is they failed forward. So as long as I'm failing forward for Christ, you know, I yeah. want – the Holy Spirit to be working in me because I have character deficiencies that need to be worked out in my life. Yeah, and you know what's interesting is uh, people have used that really to talk about the sincerity of the Bible. It's like no one's going to write themselves to fail like the the apostles did. And and what is interesting, I know Doug has touched on it last week, but I believe we talked about it last week. But it's not like after the Spirit came that the failing ceased, right? Right. Paul had to talk to Peter and say, "Hey, right. what are you doing?" And obviously, Peter. Uh, Regret, uh, repented from that and, and uh, walked in faith. So, but it's it's a reminder that it's a continual process, and that 
even the the uh, the the twelve weren't weren't perfect at the end of the day, and they were still learning up until when they died. And and I think that's also part of why they were so passionate about uh, the truth because they knew their limitations, and and through that, the Lord still was able to work and do great things. Yeah. And, and Peter's a great example. You know, everybody loves Peter because he just, you know, open mouth, insert foot. But, I mean, here a vision from God, and he's going, no, Lord, not me. And, you know, I never do that. And he goes, no, what I say you do. And then he goes and he shares the gospel with Cornelius, and he watches the Holy Spirit poured out on him. And then we see a little while later he's pulling back from that. And so you go, what in the world? Are you, yeah. What are you thinking? But, again, we're no different in our lives. You know, God shows up and does something, and then we forget and we start living and doing what we think is right because we get influenced by other people. Yeah, it, it's uh, you know that, and that's just an example of God's uh, mercy and grace, right? I mean, because to to look at our like even my own life and just see how quickly like a like a sheep. That's why we're considered you know uh, depicted as sheep in the Bible because right. sheep are really dumb if you don't know anything about. It. They're really really dumb, and we're the same way. And to look back in my own life and see that, I'm like, man. God, you know that that God has is so patient to put up with that and not just be like, okay, I'm I'm done with him, you know. But that is a testament to His love that that us that He can redeem even us in our stupidity, you know. All right, but so so let's jump on because there's a couple things here that I I find interesting in uh, chapter in chapter seven talking about Stephen. It said um, so again. Stephen at this point is still in front of the council. So he's in at the council. And it says, but he, again, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand. Okay, so that's great. What did he, did he, would that be exciting? <laughs> what would we do? I, I don't know. Yeah. I would well, look, tell look, people. Leo, yeah. look, what, look what Stephen did. I mean, people say, well, I'm just going to show with my life and I don't need to say anything mm. to anybody. You know, Peter could have, I mean, sorry, Stephen could have kept his mouth shut mm. and not said a word. But what does he do? No. It says, and he said, behold. Now, behold's a command, which is exciting because most people don't understand when you look at Matthew 28 that there's two commands there. One command is to make disciples. The other is behold Jesus. Mm. And so I don't have time to go down that road, but still, same thing when John the Baptist says, Behold the Lamb of God. Behold, I am with you for all of forever. And here he's saying, Behold, I see. So look, everybody look up and see what I see. I see. So it's interesting. He says it twice. First he saw Jesus standing, and then he says, Behold, I see the opens up and the Son of Man standing at the right hand. And Doug talked about this, but it's interesting because we always have to see Jesus seated at the right hand of God. Mm. And so it's imagine seeing Jesus standing, waiting to welcome you, because Jesus said, I came not to be served, but to serve. So here Jesus is still serving us now when he provides the Holy Spirit for us, to do the work through us and in us, and it's not us doing the work. And so he's because he's still serving us day in and day out as we're here. If we allow him and we walk in the Spirit. You know, that's interesting that you say that about standing. And, you know, I guess to me, I pictured it like, I don't know, that's like a powerful image, him standing. But then that it's different from him seating. It's almost as if he was standing up to, as, you know, Stephen was uh, going through his final ordeal, as if to be of encouragement to him. Um, 
We are up against the break, though. Stick with us. We will be back with more in just a second. Um, let's see. I've done all my spots for today already. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more in just a second. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice of the same old lies, if you're trying to feel the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost. That is Chainbreaker by Zach Williams. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 7, verses 54 through 60, but really uh, kind of going through a few different verses in Acts. Uh, Doug is out today, as I've said, and we have Rick Brackett in, and he's really uh, walking us through this to show that the the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, so that's where we're at. If you have any questions or would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at taylor at swatradio.com. That's taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R at swatradio.com. Yeah. So again, you know, we're Jesus says, teach them to obey. So whenever I hear somebody, I said, okay, Lord, what is the one thing you want me to take away from today? And hopefully somebody's getting something out of what we're talking about today. But again, it's the we're, it's interesting when Peter says that the Holy Spirit is given to those who obey. Now, I'm not trying to you know put a bow on it that one verse, that's it. Mm-hmm. But still, we need to be obedient because throughout the whole of Scripture, when you look at it, it's when we show love to others it is when we obey and specifically jesus said if you love me you will obey me and we'll see that so again it's interesting because we now stephen is we're talking stephen after he does this and he sees this he's drug out you you went over with brad about the stoning and all of that which was the penalty for blasphemy Mm -hmm. but yet here jesus is condemned with blasphemy and so it's interesting the contrast that we see here because jesus predicted from early on that he would you know carry your you know we need to carry our cross and Mm -hmm. the fact that he would die that way and again a over quarter of the bible is prophecy and so it's interesting in uh, john 18 31 is uh, Pilate said to them, take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. And the Jews said to him, it's not lawful for us to put anyone to death. 
This was to fulfill the word that Jesus had spoken to show by what kind of death he was going to die. So again, you know, Jesus wasn't cast down and killed. He was he mm. rose up and he was held on high to show crucifixion. But again, here the you know, within a matter of a few months, let's say, we go from hey, we can't kill anybody to hey, we're gonna drag Stephen out, we're gonna stone him to death without any consideration of what the Romans would think. So yeah, and they must have felt emboldened to be able to get away with that, right. you know, because I would imagine Stephen was uh, a little bit of a newcomer to the area, and oh, we stoned this uh, this person nobody knows. the The Romans won't hear about it, right? And uh, but yeah, that's that's very that the risen up and verse cast down. I I hadn't thought about that, but that's really interesting. I, I do have a question for you. At what point do you think that they were? going to stone him. Do you think it was not until he said that about um, Jesus standing at the right hand? Um, Because obviously they would have taken that as blasphemy. Or do you think that they knew they were going to do that before? Just, uh, I know it putting you on the spot, but just kind of as you were talking, it made me think, I wonder when they knew for a fact that they were going to take him out and do that. Uh, You know, I find it interesting because we've talked about the defense, you know, that the charges that were against Stephen and his defense to show no and how God's, throughout all of history and what he had done, that this was right in line with what God has said. And you see a turn, to me, I see a turn in 51. It, it, when he says, I mean, he calls he calls them out um, there. Yeah, you stiff-necked people. You stiff-necked yeah. people, uncircumcised in hearts and ears. You always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did. So which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one, whom you have now betrayed and murdered. You have received the laws delivered by angels and did not keep it. <clears throat> it says, and now when they heard these things. You see, it's interesting because, it, and not, hopefully we'll get to what we need to close with today <laughs> for the, uh, um, I'm sorry, ambassadors of hope for Stephen. But it's interesting because God provides the Jewish people a timeline from the beginning all the way through the first coming today of when Jesus Christ would enter. If you mm-hmm. go back and study Daniel and you do the the, the weeks. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, they knew the day he was arriving. And it says in our in our translation it says that you did not. You know, I weep over you, Jerusalem, because you did not know. And actually, it's you did not realize. Mm-hmm. It's more of an accurate translation of that. And then he gives them the last seven years of the judgment. You know, through the tribulation. And here we are in the church, and we're just told to always be working, always be waiting, and always be watching. So we're always called to be ready without giving any time frame for when the rapture would take place to take us out of here. So it's mm. interesting because the Jews are given a complete timeline all yeah. the way across. Huh. That is pretty interesting. Yeah. So, you know, uh, let's, I uh, just want to move on to, uh, again, Luke 12, 54 and 50, Jesus called the crowd hypocrites, and I'm not going to take the time to read it, not knowing the season. And it's interesting, we see two times. One he called the Pharisees, and the other time he called the crowd hypocrites. Mm. And again, go back to this. I don't mean to be called a hypocrite by people out there, but I don't want to be called a hypocrite by by Jesus. And so I just know that when we think of being in the end times, and I I would say to you, we are rapidly in the end times. We're rapidly approaching when we're not going to be here any longer. And the fact that God has sovereignly chosen each and every one of us to be here right now at this end times, you know, it's, 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 we're in, we're well inside the two minute warning here. Right. You know, for when Christ is returning and that he's 
sovereignly chosen us to be the ones to carry the message of reconciliation to this world. Mm-hmm. And I would just recommend everybody to keep your eyes on them, what's happening in the Middle East right now, because as the Middle East goes, so the rest of the world goes, because that's where the next events are going to take place. Yeah, and you know, over the past few weeks, uh, we've seen it sparking up over there, so definitely be uh, keeping your eye out for that. But yep. we're, we're running short on time, so let me. Ru- I know real, you want to get real to... Real quickly, yeah, yeah, I want to look at Stephen as an ambassador of hope in 58 and 59 there. So it says, Then they cast him out of the city and stoned him, and witnesses laid their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. And they were stoning Stephen. They called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he said this, he fell asleep. Same type of death that we see, uh, not the same type of death, but the same type of response as Christ, you know, Lord, forgive them. Mm-hmm. That should be our attitude because the ex- grace that God has extended to us, we need to extend to others. And we need to be ambassadors of hope, which drives us into Second Corinthians 5. So... Five what? Uh, let's go five. Let's start. If you could start at five ten. All right. And then eleven. All right. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that yeah, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we pursued others, but we, but what we are is known to God, and I hope it is known also to your conscience. And then 14 14 through 15. For the love of Christ controls us, because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live um, might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. And then if you could just close out with 17 through 6, 1, please. All right. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away behold the new has come all this is from god who through christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that is in christ god was reconciling the world to himself not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of the reconciliation therefore we are ambassadors for christ god makes his appeal through us we implore you on behalf of christ to be reconciled to god for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Working together with him, then, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. Yeah, isn't it interesting, working together with him. So again, we look at uh, verse verse 16, I'm sorry, uh, verse 18, all this from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself. And we talked about that earlier. That's what most people put a period right mm. there, that Oh, I'm reconciled to Christ. But isn't it interesting? It says, and gave us the message of reconciliation. So here we have Stephen with a message of reconciliation. And we also know that just as Stephen was an ambassador of hope, we need to be ambassadors of hope. But what does that mean we need to do? We need to speak. We need to proclaim the message because we have been given, when you think about it, so it's our identity. It says, if I receive Christ, I'm a new creature. So mm-hmm. I can't be new unless I receive Christ. But when I do receive Christ, I have be, been made new, it says. So if I'm not new, then there's a question, have I received Christ? If I've been made new, what does it say I am? It says that I'm, I'm an ambassador. Mm-hmm. And so I was blessed my last tour in the Navy. I worked for at the U.S. Embassy in the Defense Attaché Office. Mm-hmm. So we worked with an ambassador. 
And most people don't understand the ambassador is the direct representative of, the, in our case, the president of the United States to that country. It's as if our president is in that country. He only speaks what the president tells him to speak. He only does what the president tells him to say. Hmm. And it, so he is that person that is. So he, we are now, it says, the representative of God that he gave us the message of reconciliation. There is no other plan. People always say, well, we're plan A. No, we're not plan A. We are the <laughs> plan to be proclaiming the gospel and making disciples. And it's real simple. And I, I'd say it's simple. It's simple to say. There are three things that we need to focus on. Love God, love others. Jesus said, great commandment, and make disciples. And if we're doing those three things, then when we stand before God, because it says we already saw that we will all, all stand before and give an answer, whether good or bad, that means I can do things that are good, but if I'm doing them for myself and not for God, that doesn't count because we're not talking morals here right. or good. We're talking things done for the Lord or not for the Lord or done through the Lord in working it through me, or I can do it on my own to get my own glory. So again, this is my identity. I've been made new, and I've now become an ambassador with and entrusted with the message of reconciliation. So if I'm not doing that, if I'm not proclaiming the, and being a witness, as Stephen was, with the message of hope for the world, I have to ask myself, when, as Paul tells us all the time, examine yourself to mm-hmm. see if you be of the faith. Yeah, and I think that's an important uh, reminder, an important lesson, and especially of our identity as ambassadors. Um, and, you know, just a, another thing, because you brought up, you know, talking about that uh, going to Jerusalem, Judea, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth, it's interesting that that really starts here. I mean, we're going to look at it when we come back from the summer break. I'm I'm sure with uh, Doug, but the very next verse, where do the believers get scattered to? Mm-hmm. Is Judea, Judea and Samaria, except for the apostles. And uh, me and my dad have talked about that significantly, um, just about how persecution is sometimes that is a catalyst to keep God's plan moving forward. So. Anyway, just wanted to throw that in there because it was cool that you brought it up. And since me and my dad have been talking about it regularly, I thought might as well. Um, But so happy to have you in. Thank you, Taylor. did a great job. It was awesome. Um, Make sure you tune in tomorrow. Me and my dad will be on for Friday. And then after that, we are going to be out until August. So make sure you tune in then. You've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio. And you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great day. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening 